welcome everyone to what I believe is the first ever Stocks FC Twitter space. And it's also my first attempt hosting a Twitter space. So please bear with me when trying to press all the right buttons and hand you lot the mic. So over the last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot of discussions on Twitter about the recently launched Stocks FC platform. And those discussions aren't always great because of the character restrictions you have with each tweet. So I decided to host this space so we can have a live discussion, which I think will be much more beneficial for everyone. Another goal for tonight's session is to offer some education regarding how the Stocks FC platform works and how it differs from those that have fallen previously and also how the web-free cryptocurrency space works as well. Nothing you hear tonight should be considered as financial advice and this is a gambling product we're discussing. So if you're under 18, please exit the space now. And for those of you who are getting involved in Stocks FC, it's very important to remember that you should only be putting in money that you can afford to lose. Don't overextend yourself and always gamble responsibly. Also, neither myself or Trading Bear have any affiliation with Stocks FC and they had no idea I was planning to host this space until I announced it a couple of days ago. Okay, so that's the intro out of the way, and here's the format for the rest of the session. So, I'm going to give a brief explanation about how the platform works, its features, and what I see happening over the coming years. The main areas I want to touch on are sustainability, um, the share burn feature, staking, the team and the company itself, and reward payouts. I'll also be giving you my opinions and challenging the status quo regarding how people think this platform should function or be viewed. This is a crypto product, which is alien and scary to a lot of people. I've been in the crypto industry for many years now. And my current job is working for a crypto firm, so I've got a decent amount of knowledge in this space. And I want to try and pass on some of that knowledge to the listeners tonight and give you a better understanding of how things work in this industry and how it affects the product we're going to talk about. So once I've finished saying my piece, I'll then try and hand the mic to Trading Bear so he can chime in with his thoughts. And then once he's finished, we'll open up the floor to everyone else to give you all a chance to come up and speak. At some point, we'll start winding down the session. And towards the end, as most of you now know, I'll be announcing the next player who's going to be IPO'd on the platform. So I suggest you grab a beer, pen and paper to make a note of any questions and listen up carefully because I'm going to try and answer a lot of questions now that I think people might have. So when we open up the floor later on, time isn't wasted by having to answer basic questions over and over again. OK, so let's get into it and I'm going to start with the team. Firstly, we have Kay, who is a CEO with 11 years experience and a proven track record of leading successful projects across four continents for Fortune 500 companies. Next is Alex, who is the CTO, and he's been the main public figure of the project so far. He's been extremely active, and I swear the guy doesn't sleep because he's always in the Discord answering questions. Alex is the founder of the platform and he has a background in computer science, cybersecurity with decades experience for working for UK government agencies. Now, one of the reasons I'm bullish about this platform is the fact that Alex was also a football index user and got burnt like the rest of us. And he was also a user of Footstock. 
And I'd much rather have a guy running this platform that's been through what we have and has learned from the mistakes of the platforms in the past than guys who lounge around in Versace bathrobes or hold the camera in the top corner of the room so it doesn't show their double chin whilst trying to bleed the last few pounds out of their customer base before going bust. And then lastly, we've got Gabrielle, who is a highly skilled marketing executive with over 20 years experience. And apparently in his youth, he played football with Rivaldo and Roberto Carlos. So surely he hits them up for a bit of marketing in the future. So the actual company is registered in the Netherlands because Stocks FC received backing from a Dutch venture capital firm called Antler VC. Antler is a global company that has a portfolio of 750 plus companies in 23 locations worldwide, worth more than $3.1 billion. For those of you who aren't in the crypto space, then you need to understand that when assessing a project or potential investment, the white paper should be the beginning and the foundation of your assessment. This is where you're going to explore the ins and outs of a project. So if any of you haven't read the, white, the Stocks FC white paper yet, then it's something you must do before investing in not just this platform, but any crypto project in the industry. Always read the white paper. Obviously, don't read the Stocks FC white paper if you're looking to invest in another crypto project, because that won't be much help. So from a team perspective, in my opinion, everything looks good in the sense you've got guys with experience in the crypto industry and backing from a successful venture capital firm. You've got a founder who's extremely passionate about the product and someone who shared the same heartache as the rest of us when using platforms in this sector. It's a fairly new sector, and just because the first platforms in this sector have failed doesn't mean they're all going to fail. The sector is still finding its feet and the best way to do things. Rome wasn't built in a day. This platform being built on blockchain technology gives, gives it many advantages over the traditional Web2 platforms that have fallen in the past. So on that note, let's move on to it being a crypto product. Blockchain technology has been around since 2009, but has only started to see adoption in the last, last few years. A big misconception is that blockchain technology is cryptocurrency, which isn't the case. Crypto is one part of the technology, but the main part is the smart contract functionality. A big part of how the Stocks FC platform runs and differs from those platforms of the past is using smart contract functionality. A smart contract is a computer program or a transaction protocol that is intended to automatically execute, control or document events and actions. Now, one of the biggest things about blockchain technology is the trust and transparency that comes with it. Everything gets, written to the everything gets written to the blockchain. Everyone can query the blockchain and read the data. It's a public ledger. You just need to know what tools to use and how to use those tools correctly. And you can literally watch everything that's going on. Alex has said that the Stocks FC blockchain will have its own data explorer in the near future. The platform is being transparent by giving users visibility of the rewards wallet. You can trust the platform because it's built on smart contracts. For example, when you put money into an IPO, the smart contract chops that money up and sends it to several different places. A lot of the platform is automated, which is how it should be, 
because it stops bad actors from buying themselves new Versace bathrobes with customer funds. The money we put into the platform gets chopped up in the same way every time and sent to the same places, and we know what those places are. The rewards wallet, the development wallet, the staking wallet. This is what smart contracts are for. Now, another thing I see users saying is, why can't the platform be in Great British Pounds? And there's several reasons. Mainly, it's a crypto product. So if you're getting involved in Stocks FC, you need to adjust your mindset. The, project, uh, the product is all about collecting more Ethereum. There are two main cryptos, which are Bitcoin and Ethereum. Bitcoin is just a simple payments network, although they're trying to add small, smart contracts as we speak. But up until now, Bitcoin has been seen as the digital version of gold. Ethereum is by far the biggest smart contract platform and the main blue chip platform in the industry. At some point, I reckon Ethereum's market cap will overtake Bitcoin's but the point is, Ethereum's here to stay. People say crypto won't survive, but in my opinion, they're very wrong. This technology is the next version of the internet. And in a decade's time, the majority of businesses around the, around the world will be running off smart contracts. When the dot-com bubble burst back in the 90s, so many people said the internet will never be a thing. And look where it is today. The current internet is known as Web2 and stuff being built on blockchain technology is known as Web3. So at the moment, NFTs are just a picture of a monkey that people like Neymar spend ridiculous amounts of money on. Yes, folks, he paid around half a million quid for a picture of a monkey with laser shooting out of his eyes, which is now worth about 50k. But anyway, my point is a decade down the line, your passport, driving license, medical records, voting cards, There'll all be NFTs that you hold in your government digital wallet, which can only be accessed, signed for and verified by you. This technology is here to stay. Ethereum is here to stay, which is why the team chose to use the Ethereum blockchain. So you need to understand by using this product, your goal should be accumulating as much Ethereum as possible. Don't worry too much about the fiat value right now. Every time you deposit make sure you log how much great british pounds you deposited and how much ethereum you got for that deposit these are going to be crucial figures for your investment further down the line and there's two things you need to focus on firstly you're going to spend the next however many years trading players winning rewards on the platform and if you've got skills you should in theory increase your stash of ethereum the second thing you need to focus on is when you cash out back to fiat, right? Crypto works in cycles and at some point prices will be soaring and then 18 months later, they'll have all tanked and sitting at a low point like they are right now. The value, the value of your Ethereum may change dramatically, which is only an issue if you need to cash out. But the amount of Ethereum you have won't change. In theory, it should be increasing. So... This is why when the market is surging, you should look to cash out a small percentage of your stash to get your initial investment back and de-risk yourself. Time in the crypto cycles is going to play a big part in maximizing your profits. Now, it's no different with the players on the platform. They will also go through cycles and anyone who thinks prices will just keep rising year on year is going to be in for a shock. 
the order book system means that when an event occurs, such as Ivan Tony getting an eight-month ban for breaching betting regulations, his price is going to tank. You know, the people who see that news first will be straight on the platform. They'll sell their naughty Ivan Tonys, which will, which will blast through the buy side of the order book, which is the green side of the order book. Yeah, it's just going to get cleaned out straight away with people selling instantly. And his price will seriously tank until it gets down to a point where people then think, well, if I buy a load of Ivan Tony at this price, he only needs to win a couple of times and I'll have my money back. And this is going to happen numerous times with injuries, transfers, bans. There is going to be volatility on the platform. But as Richard Branson once said, where's the, where there's volatility, there's money to be made. So, you know, there's going to be people that, profit from that situation and you know the ones who aren't paying attention and have orders on the queue they're going to be the ones that end up getting Ivan Tony's and then his price drops a lot further so Hi Chris sorry just to jump yeah. in there I finally sort out my grammars uh, good evening everyone uh, nice to see a Norwich uh, emblem there that's the first thing I saw uh, Chris it's fantastic information so far my underbearing question, and I suspect those who haven't yet joined would be, wait a minute, I got burned from FI, why on earth should I go straight into another product that's very similar? What would be your first answer to say, okay, this is different from FI? Um, yeah, it'd be the sustainability side of it, the way the rewards wallet will never go to zero. So I've got a section on that coming up. So should I just, should I just carry on and... We'll... Yeah, fantastic. We'll yeah, that. sorry, I just I just ruined your speech there. I just thought I'd check my yeah. carry on. Sorry, doing cool. a great job. Right, so let's move on to staking now. Staking is a pretty big. Do you want to just mute trading bear, just so there's no background noise? Cheers. Okay, so let's move on to staking. Staking is a pretty big thing in the crypto industry and plays a big part in how all these different blockchains run. A validator, a validator or a node operator is a person who sits at their computer confirming transactions on the blockchain. For doing this, they get paid rewards, and these rewards can be very lucrative. Now, the problem with being a validator is you need a large sum of money to be able to run a node that generates a decent yield. So you also need to go through a KYC process, and both of those things stop every Tom, Dick and Harry from starting a node which contributes to making these networks secure and free from bad actors. So for those who haven't got the money or the technical expertise to run a node, then there's things called staking pools. This is where lots of people chip in to get a node up and running. And then the person running the node and doing all the work takes their cut of the rewards and then shares the rest of the rewards out between those who chipped in originally. Again, that process will be automated by a smart contract. So the staking is a lucrative re revenue generator in the crypto space. But the problem is it requires a decent amount of money to get involved. Now, Stocks FC realized that staking could have a huge benefit on their business model, which is why they created the staking wallet. A percentage of the money that comes into the platform is going to get sent to the staking wallet. This means this money will then be used to generate a yield, which will then be sent to the rewards wallet. So in theory, as the platform grows, the amount of money being staked will always be increasing, which means the rewards from the staking that are being sent to the rewards wallet 
should also increase over time. This is their plan about to, this is their plan about how to solve the sustainability issue because even if money stopped coming into the platform, then the crypto that's already been staked and generating a decent yield will be enough to keep topping up the rewards wallet. Now, I'm not here just to speak about the, pos the positives. I want to remain balanced and discuss the negatives too. So personally, I have concerns when it comes to the staking side of things. Um, firstly, I would like it to be public knowledge regarding how the funds in the staking wallet are being used. And secondly, I hope they put most of the funds into Ethereum staking because that massively protects the staking stash. Um, if markets around the world tank because Russia goes and invades Ukraine, then it's not a problem because although the value, although the value of the Ethereum being staked has dropped considerably, the amount of re uh, the amount of rewards being received in Ethereum doesn't change, hence doesn't have an impact on because the the same amount of Ethereum will be getting sent to the rewards wallet still. Now. If they put some funds into a different coin and the above happens, then not only has the value of the holding dropped, but the rewards being paid out, which they then convert to Ethereum before placing into the rewards wallet, has decreased dramatically. So we're relying on the team making the right moves at the right time with the staking funds, and the safe bet is Ethereum staking. Now, on the flip side, this could be a game changer for the platform. If they invest in a staking opportunity during a bear market period like we're in now, then it could massively increase the reward payouts on the platform in the future. So let me walk you through an example. I'm currently involved in a staking opportunity where you need 10 million coins to run a node. At the moment, the price of that coin is three pence, which means I need 300,000 pounds to start the node. Now, these nodes pay out 10% per year in rewards, which means I get 1 million coins per year in rewards, which is an income of £30,000 a year at the coin's current price. However, during the last bull run, this coin reached a high of 15p, which is very likely to happen again, as it's a very solid network built for real-world use. So, at a price of 15p, my 10 million coins would be worth £1.5 million and I'd be getting £150,000 a year in rewards as an income. So if Stocks FC were able to pull a move like this, then they could shut down the node when the coin is worth 15p and stick the original 300k back into the staking wallet, and the other 1.2 million could be added to the rewards wallet, which would massively increase the payouts on the platform. Or they could hold it back and add, you know, half a million or 300k a year or something you know but it, it, it would just massively increase the value of the rewards wallet basically if they pulled a move like that so i hope this gives people an understanding of how staking works because done correctly it can be extremely lucrative and it's a massive part of the stocks fc business model and contributor to creating a self-sustaining ecosystem unless you're in the industry and understand this side of it you're not going to realize the potential of this platform and you know how the potential it has to succeed because of the staking mechanics. I don't blame people on Twitter shouting it'll never work, it's just another FI, because they're not educated in this sector, so they don't realize how lucrative staking is 
and how it's going to be how it's going to be one of the major cogs in the stocks FC ecosystem. There's thousands of companies out there mining Bitcoin, running validator nodes because they're earning a fortune from it and they've got millions to put into it to get started. So at some point, Stocks FC will be in the position to do the same. And for me, the biggest risk is the team making the correct decisions. Right, that wraps up the staking section. So let's move on and talk about rewards. Rewards on Stocks FC are always going to be changing. And this is because it uses a percentage of the rewards. It uses a percentage of what is in the rewards wallet. By using a percentage of the rewards wallet when making payouts, it brings sustainability and longevity to the platform. If the platform goes through a quiet period, which no doubt it will at some point, then the reward payouts will start to decrease. And when the platform's booming, the reward payouts will increase. As money comes in through IPOs, the smart contract chops that money up and designates it to the intended wallets, one of which is the rewards wallet. Trading commission from the transfer market also funds the rewards wallet. Money being staked in the crypto space generates a yield, which also funds the rewards wallet. And years down the line, this is going to dwarf any money coming in to the rewards wallet from IPOs or trading commission, in my opinion. Yeah, if they play their cards right with the staking side of things. You know, the money coming in from IPOs and trading commissions can be nothing compared to the, the yield being generated from Ethereum staking. So, as you can see, the rewards wallet is getting topped up from several different sources. Now, another thing I've seen being asked is, how am I supposed to value a player if the rewards aren't fixed? And the simple answer is, you can't. But who's to say the correct way? Who's to say that's the correct way to value a player anyway? I mean, you know, look at how everyone valued Sancho on Football Index and how that turned out. People saying he's worth this because he'll return this many rewards throughout his career. Yeah, he's ended up at United like everyone wanted him to, and he's sitting on the bench. So he'd be earning you absolutely naff all in rewards right now. So valuing a player in this way isn't necessarily the correct way to be doing it. To be honest, it's a very small minority of people who want to sit down and work out the amount of rewards a player could win or not win in Sancho's case, and then figure out if that player is priced correctly. The, re the reality is, we all know gamblers do crazy things, as we saw on FI, and this is a gambling platform. So, you know, people are going to be buying players on Stocks FC because they think he suits the matrix, or because he does well on FPL, or because he's in the team they support. They'll be buying players who are in good form or have good fixtures on the horizon. Yeah, these are going to be the things that drive, drive trading on the platform, not sitting down to try and work out how many rewards a player will return over the course of their career and if their price reflects that. Nobody can prove that's the correct way to do it. So if you're coming onto, stocks, onto the Stocks FC platform, then you need to adjust your mindset because they're doing things differently, which means the way we value players is going to be totally different. You know, knowing the supply of a player and that supply decreases over time is a major factor regarding how people will value a player on Stocks FC. And with every player having a different supply, people are going to value players in many different ways. Now, <clears throat> another thing I see people say is it's a bad look for the platform if the best players don't cost the most money. And I totally disagree. 
again, it's a mentality change that needs that is needed because people using platforms of the past decided that's the way it should be. And it, it doesn't matter that, you know, basically this is a stocks FC is a new business model. It's a different business model. The, the concept is similar, yet the model is very different. And stocks FC resembles a real life stock market in many ways. So if you go and look at the US stock market and sort it by price per share, you'll see a bunch of companies at the top that you've probably never heard of with a ridiculously high share price. Yeah. But if you go and sort it by market cap, then you'll see the best companies in the world at the top of the list, which is your Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla. Now, these are some of the biggest companies out there, hence why they have the biggest market cap. So now apply that to Stocks FC. Yeah, if you sort by player price, then yes, you might see a John McGinn or a Declan Rice or a Zaha at the top of the list because they have a very low supply and the DGEN gamblers holding them put a high price tag on those shares. That's not the most important metric, though, when looking at the rank of players on Stocks FC. The important one is market cap. So if you go and sort the players by market cap, then you should see the likes of Haaland, Salah, KDB and Trent at the top of the list. And this is the metric people should be using to see who the best players are on the platform and not a player's price. New customers coming onto the platform will need to do so with an open mind and a different mentality compared to platforms of the past. Stocks SD is very different, therefore people need to have a different mentality. And that brings me nicely onto our next topic, which is Shareburn. The platforms of the past had a supply that was always increasing, whereas Stocks FC is the total opposite. Every player has a max supply of 100,000 shares. Any shares that don't get sold during his IPO get destroyed. Therefore, players on the platform will all have a different starting supply. Every time a trade is completed on the transfer market, 1% of the shares from that trade get burnt, meaning over time, a player's supply is going to decrease. Now, for a 38-year-old Tiago Silva, the share burn isn't anything to get excited about. But for a 22-year-old Erling Haaland, then the share burn is going, to be is going to have a massive impact on his supply over time. You know, thousands of shares could be getting burned every season. So that by the time he reaches the peak of his career, he could have a very appealing supply. Scarcity will kick in when the top players are regularly winning rewards. Because just like FPL, there's a bunch of players who everyone owns for pretty much the whole season. That changes season up on season as FPL adjust player prices. And this season, I think Trippier, Rashford and Haaland have been the three that pretty much everyone's had in their team for a sustained period. Which moves us on to the final topic, which is sustainability. So, sustainability is one of the most important, one of the most important factors for a platform like Stocks FC. And the platforms of the past neglected to focus on this area of the business model, which inevitably led to their demise. Stocks FC have put a lot of thought into building an ecosystem that can sustain itself in the long run. And I think what they've come up with is excellent. The fact that the rewards wallet can never go to zero because it uses a percentage of the funds in the wallet to pay out rewards each week is a game changer, in my opinion. And 
I see people say it will fail and the rewards will be shit, which is a possibility. But the main thing is I'll still be able to play. The money I've deposited to get that entertainment factor means that even if the platform goes downhill, there will still be a bunch of people hanging around and playing with the product. And, you know, player prices will only be able to drop so far until they get to a point where they have value again. Now, IPOs fund the rewards wallet. Trading Commission from the transfer market funds the rewards wallet. And most importantly, the revenue from the staking, the revenue generated from the staking funds the reward wallet. As more money comes into the platform through the IPOs, the amount of money being staked increases. Therefore, the revenue generated from the staking also increases. By the time the platform has matured and the IPOs are a lot less frequent, the staking wallet is going to be huge. Now, it's very difficult to work out any figures right now because there's only been five IPOs with a very small and restricted user base. But the point is, if the staking wallet grows to a figure of, say, £5 million in the next five years, which I don't think is unrealistic, then a 10% yield from that money, which is 500 k will be getting placed into the rewards wallet every year. So even if the platform does take a nosedive for whatever reason, then that 500k a year or whatever the amount is that comes from the staking revenue will mean there's a bottom that the players will hit before they start going sideways again in price. This is why the platform is sustainable because there's always going to be something in the rewards wallet to pay out and player prices will only drop so far before they settle and find value in the rewards on offer. By the time this platform has matured, I'd like to think that XFI users have de-risked their positions, so they're essentially free-rolling, not playing with any of their own money. And this means there's always going to be a user base wanting to use the platform for the entertainment factor they get from it. Now, this is one of the main reasons why I'm bullish about Stocks FC, because they've put some serious thought into making it sustainable, which I haven't seen from any other platforms in this sector. You know, being in the crypto industry and knowing how lucrative staking is fills me with confidence that they've embedded this part of blockchain technology into their business model. And if it all goes to plan, it's going to be one hell of a platform, in my opinion. <clears throat> OK, so start wrapping up my thoughts. I want to leave you all with this. The concept of the platform and those of the past is brilliant. I know you all miss the enjoyment that FI used to give you most days of the week, hoping that your player would make it to the top of the charts and win you some sweet dividends is a hole that FI has left in a lot of people's lives when it comes to getting your entertainment fix from the world of football. They tried the concept in the Web2 world and it didn't work, but now we have Web3. This new technology brings new ways of doing things and for those who say it's just another FI and that it won't work. You need to be open-minded. And I get why people are doubtful and cautious, and there's nothing wrong with that. You'd be a fool not to be cautious after everything we've been through. But to tarnish every product that comes out with the same brush just isn't fair. You know, a good mentality to have would be looking at the space and saying, well, so rare have managed to build a a large-scale product in the Web3 world. So why can't Stocks FC do the same? You know, Stocks FC have learned from the mistakes made by these types of platforms in the past, and they've sat down and built a model that tries to avoid the same things from happening again. They've focused heavily on transparency, 
sustainability and scarcity, which are the things the platforms of the past seriously lacked. They've designed a self-sustaining ecosystem that will bring plenty of enjoyment to football fans all over the world. Will it work? That is yet to be seen. But everything I've experienced about this platform to date has been very promising. So I'm willing to deposit money I can afford to lose to fill that entertainment void left by the collapse of Football Index. Stocks FC has a solid business model, a great team behind it, and a vision for the future that could turn it into a top platform in this sector. You know, there will be ups and downs along the way, and I'm looking forward to riding those waves and accumulating as much Ethereum as possible over the next few years. After being in the crypto space for many years now, it's very easy for me to change my mentality and make adjustments to be able to adapt to this new platform. For those of you who have never experienced a cryptocurrency product before, my advice would be remain open-minded, take profits at the right time, expect volatility and be able to cope with it mentally. Look at everything on the platform in Ethereum values. Don't get hung up on the fiat side of things. Make sure you log how much you deposited in Great British Pounds and how much Ethereum you got for each deposit. Forget about what's happened in the Web2 world. You know, forget about what happened to the Web2 platforms in the past. This is Web3. This is the next version of the internet. And over the next decade, you're going to find that so many things in life get more digital because of what blockchain technology offers the world. You're entering a world that is still growing exponentially and in, enjoy the ride and bring whatever football skills you think you've got to the Stocks FC platform. And, you know, let's see who can build the best portfolios. OK, so I hope I've given the audience a better understanding of how the Web3 world and the Stocks FC ecosystem works. So I'm now going to pass the mic to Trading Bear so he can give you his thoughts whilst... I grab a beer and listen to things from his perspective. Once he's done, we'll give others a chance to come up and speak. And then around 9pm, I'll announce who the next IPO is. And then we'll start wrapping things up around half nine, 10pm. So over to you, Trading Bear. Thank you very much, Chris. That, that was almost seamless timing as I've just finished my uh, bottom retty here in front of me. Uh, that, that was superb information, Chris, as I'm sure all the listeners would agree. And what I would recommend, uh, even if you're listening live to this, have another listen uh, to, to this uh, Twitter space afterwards, because there's a lot of detailed information there that needs to be listened to again, in my opinion, to, to get a real firm understanding of, of all the intricacies of, of how the concept works. Now, my role, I'm actually more used to being presenter than a speaker or a contributor. Uh, so mine's going to be very short, no more than five minutes, I'd say. Uh, and then, as Chris said, we're, we're open up to the floor uh, and not forgetting uh, the name of that second IPO. As a hint, it's not Phil Jones, I'm afraid. Okay, um, so from my background, I, I'm not coming from a crypto, even though I, I have doubled in and out of crypto over the over the years. I'm much more coming from this from a, an FI and an, an FBL background. Now, what attracted me to this uh, to stocks uh, more so than a so rare, for example, uh, or a foot stock, was the continuity of of the scoring. And that leads itself heavily to FPL. So if you are an FPL user or, you, or you're new to crypto or you're thinking, I'm not too sure about this, but, but I love FPL, the good news for you is the score is going to be very, very familiar to you. Uh, and it's, although it is very closely linked to FI, it's not as, as heavily weighted in, in passes. And that's the major difference. If you are used to football index or FI, then 
we all know that Joshua Kimmich basically passed his way to, to rewards uh, week in, week out. And, and we don't have to, to sit there on the Sunday nights watching him pass at the back. Uh, so the scoring matrix it is on Discord channel. If you're not on the Discord channel, uh, get yourselves over to there and you'll see it under the general tab where it says scoring matrix. And as I said, players are usually rewarded for goals, clean sheets and all the things you, a, a newbie would like to be rewarded for. Now, for me, the pros and the cons. Uh, it's important we, we discuss both. Uh, as Chris mentioned, that the balance is really important here. The pro is obvious. Uh, it's the buzz of FI and the live rankings table and the enjoyment and the hobby side of things. Um, and I'm sure there's many of you listening to this right now and thinking it wasn't just the money I lost. It's the hobby side of things as well. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a huge part uh, that will hopefully be returning uh, via that stocks. Uh, making money from football knowledge, uh, that is obviously a, a huge pro and one of the reasons we're all here. Uh, we like to think we all know best uh, when it comes to what players worth the best. Uh, and this is obviously a chance to prove that. And, and the other thing that really attracted me to Stocks FC is the varying strategies. And the idea of the sustainability, uh, the share burn that Chris has, has talked, talked about previously. The idea, do you go for a, a good player with a high market cap? Say, do you go for the Harlands? Do, the, do you go for the Canes? Or do you go for the one-off winners with a low market cap? Uh, let's say a, a player has a, a purple patch. Uh, let's say Ollie Watkins, for example. He would obviously be priced much more cheaper than Harland, but it's going to be winning less often. But compared to his market cap, does he offer a better percentage return? And I think it's really, really important uh, to anyone who's not already, is two things, two key things. You want to measure returns and percentages, okay? As quickly as you can get your head around the percentages to do so. The second thing is, as quickly as you can switch to ETH, uh, Ethereum values, do that as well. I'm going to talk briefly about IPOs in a minute, and I will just mention the, the US dollar price as opposed to ETH, but you want to get in yourself measuring in terms of Ethereum as quickly as possible, and that will just help you yourself value your portfolios and comparison between the players there. So talking about IPOs then, we've had five already, Rashford is the sixth, and the seventh will be exclusively revealed very soon, live on this Twitter space as we speak. In terms of who I personally feel offers the, offers the most, uh, if you've been uh, reading my Discord and my Twitter, you probably already know this. But for me, Madison is by far the best, uh, the best value as of this moment in time. He came out at 83 cents. Uh, in comparison to Kane, who was 145, who, who I think is the second best, uh, and that's compared to Martinelli at 125 uh, and so forth. Why is Madison the best, in my opinion? He's going to move. Regardless of what happens to Leicester, whether they get relegated or they survive, Madison will go on to a bigger club, and hopefully he goes to that sweet spot club, and I'm talking about a Newcastle or Villa here, as opposed to a, a Liverpool or an Arsenal. And in that Newcastle side especially, I think he would be superb. Uh, playing as that number 10, feeding Wilson, feeding Isaac, he'd be on the free kicks, he'd be on the corners. His attacking output is superb, and that's a struggling Leicester side this year. Uh, he obviously is not getting the win points there. So um, without the risk of pumping too much, I don't want to mention that word already. Uh, but if you are to ask my opinions on IPOs, Madison is built for the game. Uh, and so I was very surprised that he has the current uh, lowest uh, supply of just over 9,000. Uh, and that's one to keep an eye on there. Now, just to end on, just before I open it up to, to you, the listeners, why am I going to join in Stocks FC? Why am I backing this again? And it's not just for the sake of a, a dodgy podcast intro tune that, that uh, may uh, join your ears in, in weeks to come. 
But rather than the buzzers back, it's that weekend's feeling. You're watching the Saturday games. You're watching the Sunday games. It's a hobby in itself. And I'm really, really hoping. I know Alex has done so much hard work already and the rest of the team there. And, and all the questions he, he's provided a, a really solid, sound answer to. And Chris has already taken you through all, all the metrics and the behind-the-scenes uh, understanding of the product. And I'm hoping that this is here to stay, unlike FI. But at the same time, it has all the advantages that, that FI had. So, um, Chris, did you want to announce the second player before we open up the floor, or do you want to? Floor nah, let's let's have a little chat first. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to know how come they're doing the IPO so early before the next season. They need to get the players onto the platform. You don't you don't want to be um, you don't want to be IPO in fifty, sixty, seventy players all at the same time. Yeah, you know, so yeah, true. At least this gives you know the customer base a good few months of. Um, you know, being able to build their portfolio and and get ready for the new season because you know IPOs are going to be constant for the next few years. If they um, you know, if they go about adding new leagues, then the next three to five years it's just going to be constant IPOs. You know, eight players, nine players from every team. Um, so yeah, it's going to be IPOs galore, sort of thing. What I will add to that, um, Alex has just given us some more information on how or the release of those IPOs. He's confirmed that they will come on online on Sunday for the respective week. There will be roughly two to four on average each week. Uh, there may be weeks with more than that, maybe less than that, uh, as he aims to get uh, at least 50. He has confirmed there will be at least 50 before the start of the season. Uh, and they will come up every week on a Sunday. They will be released intermittently. So one might be released on Monday, one might be released on Wednesday. When you purchase your shares, let's say, for example, uh, I don't know, I'm making them up. Bruno Fernandes was released on Monday. Let's say you bought 100 shares in him uh, and then uh, Ollie Skip was released on Wednesday. You bought 100 shares in him. You wouldn't actually get your shares in your portfolio until the Sunday. And all the players you bought that week would only come into your portfolio on Sunday. So don't panic if you bought Fernandes on a Monday and, and he wasn't in your portfolio by Thursday. They will be joining all at the same time those week's IPOs on that Sunday night. That's going to make the um, the transfer market on a Monday morning very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, just uh, just like the real stocks opening up in New York Exchange on a Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to be honest. Cool. Ed. I was just thinking because some people might miss some of the like, IPOs. So they like, say they wanted to get in on the IPOs, but then obviously they, they can't get in on it anymore. Maybe they might not have had the money at the time or something like that. Yes. That's another yeah. reason that they don't want to do it in bulk. You know, at least now it, it's sort of drip feeding. Yeah. I, I'd kind of expect Stocks FC to have a sort of grading list in the sense that every week when they release three or four players, one's a, a premium player, you know, one's an aver- a fairly decent player, another one's a good player, and then, you know, the fourth one might be a, I don't know, Joel Ward or, you know, someone that's n- not going to pick up much interest. Um, so over the course of the next few months and as we get into the season, they're still holding a number of decent and premium players to release onto the platform as new customers are coming onto the platform as well. 
Yeah, and I think it's important that the times are staggered as well, as Bally alluded to there. We've all got different jobs, all, all got different commitments. If they're all released on a Monday night, for example, and you happen to be working that night or another commitment or you're putting the kids to bed or whatever, you're going to potentially miss out. So I think it is important and it's the right decision from Alex to stagger those IPOs. So one does come out Monday, 10 o'clock, for example. One comes out Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. Ultimately, we want this to be a global game. Uh, and I know in a few in the Discord are, are coming from this game in South Africa some of them coming from Australia, different time zones. So again, that's really important that those IPOs are staggered. Good question, Barry. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. you lot answered it perfectly. Thanks. Right, Futures, are you... Yeah, yeah, I got you this time. Yeah, I do apologise for that. It was uh, it's one of those you get called in and uh, the whole phone shuts down and you press all the buttons and everything goes wrong. So apologies, that was my fault. Um, first of all, um, Trading Bear, thanks for having us on. And uh, Chris, I just want to say what a superb, uh, coherent um, explanation that was. It, it really just was fantastically well paced. It was all the emotion was taken out of it. It was just pure facts. There was very little sort of. Uh, pumping uh, of the platform should i say it was just it was just straight to the point which is which is exactly i think what we need um obviously history on football index got carried away like everyone else did um Luckily, I got involved very, very early on and was one of the lucky ones. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head on two points, really. And those two points, first of all, were as long as we can see this as fun, um, that will bring back a whole aspect of an area that certainly me and a lot of um, people I've spoken to and got to know in this space uh, are missing, you know, um, watching um, games that aren't necessarily including the team you support um, and just generally engaging in the sort of camaraderie and the friendship of the actual um, the actual platform itself. Um, I, I was on the FIG pop podcast a couple of times. I got to know, um, I've been in contact with Sporting Panda about this and also not forgetting um, Bishop who, who came up with the fantastic sort of, uh, um, you know, comparison sites that we, we had for players. So I think if we can start to get that camaraderie back, we all want the same thing. We all want to watch our football. We all want to enjoy the football. Um, if we can make a couple of quid on the side, then fantastic. And, you know, hopefully it'll divert a bit of money away from those £20 hackers that tend to to fall flat on their face so I uh, just really wanted to make those points and also sorry one other thing was uh, Chris your point about market cap I think um, it's so important it is vital that people you know rate their players on market cap rather than uh, price which again is a fundamental difference in football index so uh, you know thanks for having me on um, great uh, web, uh, great uh, Twitter space I think and um, as I say hopefully this will go from strength to strength we'll make a couple of quid uh, but more importantly we'll have a bit of fun and um, the camaraderie will be back so uh, thanks for your time yeah totally agree mate you know ev I think everyone everyone misses that you know, I, I had 5,000 Tony Cruz on Football Index, so I loved the weekend coming around thinking, right, how many passes is he going to do back to the defenders and how much money is that going to win me? So, you know, that 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 entertainment factor has just disappeared. I, I still watch football, but, you know, you just don't get the same thing as having a portfolio or having all these players that you want to keep an eye on and, you know, you can profit from, you know, if you're buying the right players and, and making money from it, it just provides so much entertainment factor that is so much better than 20 pound acres and all that traditional gambling. And, you know, for me, 
the the other couple of platforms that have popped up here and there. I mean, I didn't get involved in SoRail. I did look at it quite a lot at one point, but for me, the barrier of entry was just too high. I just thought the amount of Ethereum you're going to have to put into this to to have a decent go at it. I'm not interested in messing about with Japanese League Two goalkeepers and all those sort of players. So I just ended up just yeah not paying any attention and then. Yeah, you know, when I came across Stocks FC, I was like, "Wow, you know, this this one's got potential." So, yeah, let's get involved and and see what happens. So, um, your other point about my little my little speech, yeah, I was shitting it to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, this is my first attempt running one of these things. So, yeah, I'm glad um I'm glad it's offered some knowledge and expertise or whatever. No, to be fair, Chris, you actually nailed it. Um, as I say, it was very well put together and very well thought out. And uh, I think you took that, you know, there was no pumps in there and there was no fear mongering. It was just a straightforward, this is what it is. Take it for what it is. We all know not to, you know, put in more than we can afford to lose. Have a bit of enjoyment. And um, but but you highlighted the difference, and I think another thing you highlighted as well was the transparency of it. The fact it's all on the blockchain. You know, there's no hiding. So um, yeah, re- really well put together. Uh, I think as a community, that's that's going to be one of our roles in the sense that, you know, people coming onto the platform, we're going to need to help them with their mentality because they're they're going to come from a traditional betting background, you know, a Web2 background. And, you know, things in the crypto world are done very differently. So, you know, you've got the, the big thing is focusing on Ethereum, basically. Everything you do on the platform, should be you should be working in the ethereum figures yeah because that's going to benefit you greatly you only need to worry about fiat when you decide to cash your ethereum out back to fiat and at that point you know you should be looking at the crypto market and knowing right we're in a bull run at the moment now the time's to make you know now is the time to make the move and then when we're in a bear market you just sit there and chill and be like cool i'll just keep collecting my ethereum ready for the next bull run yeah, I think that is an important point. And also another thing as well is helping people who aren't particularly um, crypto aware, you know, such as I saw a discussion a, little, a couple of days ago about uh, money had been sent to a, a, an address, but obviously it changes every so often and they'd kept their address and it hadn't gone through. And I know Alex was superb in sorting it out, but j- just general helping people because to some people, you know, the crypto world is a very scary place um, and, 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 you know, it's not something they maybe dealt with before. I mean, you know, I can date myself back. I jumped into crypto. I, I for, for my sins, I bought um, uh, I bought um, Bitcoin at sixty dollars a Bitcoin, and I bought ten of them. And I remember doubling my money and walking away at one hundred and twenty dollars, thinking I was um, the best trader ever. Um, and hundred uh, percent profit. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, who makes a hundred percent profit? So, um, you know, you can imagine how I felt. Uh, you know, a year or so ago, um, you know, quite sick. But uh, as I say, you know, profit's a profit. And a, 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 a friend of mine who's uh, who came on the FI journey um, actually said to me, and nobody ever went skin taking a profit. So I always remind myself of that. 
Indeed, yeah. Um, two quick points for you, Futures. Uh, thanks for the, the very kind comments there. Uh, I completely don't care about Chris's information. First of all, you mentioned about the £20 hackers. Uh, you've got to think about Denise Coates here and the cost of living. This is, she's got to think about herself as well. Uh, but, but on a more serious note, on the second thing, what attracted you to Stocks FC? And in between FI and Stocks FC, were you involved in SoRare or Footstock or other platforms? And, and what is it about Stocks FC that really gives you that good, positive feeling? I, I, I think... I think um... FI was such a jarring experience that I realised, I mean, as I say, I was one of the lucky ones. I did walk away up, um, but considerably less than obviously what I what I should have been. And it made me realise that I had got far too carried away with it and took a huge break. I did then miss it um, because, as I say, I did make a lot of contacts and I missed that side of it. I did dip my toe into So Rare, but like um, was said earlier, it, it, to me, it was a little bit like roulette. You just pick to these you pick these players you've never ever heard of um and and just sat there you know with your fingers crossed and a couple of days later came back to see how well you're done um it was too much of a lottery it was too much like roulette you know and i just didn't really get on with it and i just was in and out um i wiped my face i think with it you know i was in for a couple of quid i was out for the same couple of quid and just didn't really i, I just didn't get the buzz from it when this came along I thought to myself, here we go, here's another one. But, you know, the inquisitive side of you takes over. You have a look at it and you start thinking, well, hold on a second. This has answered a hell of a lot of problems, um, a hell of a lot of, um, you know, they've learned from previous mistakes from, from FI. It is on the blockchain, so it is transparent. And there was just something about it. And when you go onto the Discord, you see the same kind of chatter, you you speak to the same kind of people and you think, you know what, I miss it. And, and you know, I've got probably, um, I would say, maybe 1% of what I had in um, in FI currently in, the, in, in um, um, you know, in the platform at the moment because I just don't want to be in that situation again. But what it does enable you to do is to find your feet, have a look around um, and, and just really get a feel for it. And everything I've seen and everything I've heard does make you think, um, yeah, this really could be something. Um, but like before, very cautious and I know it affected a lot of people in some very bad ways. You know, I know people who gave up their jobs because of it. Um, obviously, Fig um, did his podcast and that was his that was his work. And, you know, not only is his portfolio gone, his, you know, his, his, his job effectively. So, you know, I, I, I can't possibly, um, uh, you know, sort of, you can't really um the, the way it affected so many people in so many different ways cannot be forgotten and must not be forgotten and i think it's important that we as ambassadors for this product constantly remind ourselves and new people of what could happen but with due diligence on our part um you know and not getting carried away and not not sort of uh, to quote uh, certain people max your credit card out I think I think he's got every chance and uh, I think I mentioned on Discord the other day boom and bust is not what we're looking for nice steady um, growth on the platform with people making a couple of quid and enjoying it is the key to it yeah totally agree um, hey Saint have you got got something to say I was gonna I was just about to add Pedler, but he's disappeared hi guys uh, can you hear me okay yeah yeah, cool. Not it's my first time I've been on Twitter. I think trying to do one of these. So, um, <laughs> thanks for your uh, 
Thanks for all the information you gave, Chris, earlier. That was fantastic. I'll be updating my uh, spreadsheet with uh, Ethereum instead of dollars straight after this. Um, a couple of things. One qu uh, questions, really, because I'm like everyone on here, I suppose. I'm new to Stocks FC, trying to work out what's going on. Am I right? It's a simple question, really. Am I right in saying that this platform, because it's because of how it's been created, is is open to anyone globally to use and it's not restricted to the uk yeah like fi was yeah so it's a global platform and you know i can see them moving into the other territories fairly quickly i reckon um i reckon they'll probably add one in season two and maybe another one in season three or maybe two all depends how the the, the first territory of the premier league goes in this first season um yeah yeah, from it. So, from but from a user perspective, if I was living in the states, I could play on this platform. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, there's no, there's no. Uh, yeah, yes, restrictions. Yeah, yeah, because that's quite. A, I think that's quite a big point because I, I remember on FI there was there was always a lot of talk about how it was restricted to UK customers and how hey, you know how it could how it could improve if it could go out to other other territories in terms of its customer base. But we've actually. You've actually got the potential of a global customer base on this in the long term, if if obviously things work out as they hope they will over time. And that's not yeah. that's not that's not to try and pump it at all. That's just I'm just talking in comparisons to how FI was quite restricted on that front. No, that that was mainly due to two reasons. The first one, due to FI being registered in UK regulations, they were based in Jersey. Uh, and obviously it wasn't crypto based. Uh, so Stocks FC is, is, is on the crypto uh, system and they're registered in, in Holland or, or the Netherlands. Uh, and so that's the two main reasons why it is open up to global uh, customers or user base straight away. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Um, the, the, the second observation. I was just saying that's a really good point, actually. It, it, it increases your potential exponentially, doesn't it, by instantly going into any territory. Mm. And as we all know, the Premier League is, is watched around the world. So that's actually a really, really good point. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about it as we were t talking earlier. It just sort of sprang to mind that... Um, you know, I could have a mate out in Japan and say, pick <laughs> out the phone and say, have you heard about this Stocks FC? Which is something you could never do with FI. Um, so so I think the, the potential reach is quite interesting. Um, the other thing I, I was thinking about, and I think this only came to light tonight with Alex's message about IPOs. I'm right in understanding, because I, I didn't realise this until tonight, that by the time the Premier League starts, there'll probably be around 50 players on the platform is that right it won't be like you won't be able to yeah. log on and there'll be the whole of the premier league available to buy from there'll actually be quite a small pool of players which will grow over time in a gradual fashion that is correct yeah so the, the pool of players will be extremely small um mm. for the first couple of weeks so he has announced this on the discord earlier that he wants to aim at two, two to four ipos a week um, but in order to reach that target 50 between now and the season, there will be weeks that, that, where more than four are released. Uh, so he, yeah. he wants at least 50 confirmed, uh, but there'll be two surprises if there's between 50 to 100 for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, so that's another. I think that's quite a big difference for new users to get their heads around as well compared to what people have been used to. I know we, we always refer to FI, but I expect the majority of people knew of or were on FI, where you, where you had a large, you had everyone on there from the Premier League um, 
and you could you could you know if you if you like to play from your team you could go and buy them whereas this is a completely different model and will actually be quite a small pool of players at the start of the season uh, which which makes it very interesting in a different way i think yes but don't forget when you said uh, you could buy everyone that that depended on when you joined fi um, obviously this is a startup it, it hasn't even started its first season and hence we've only got five players live now six when rashford joins obviously fi only, only had a few to begin with um so it's just the, the progression of the company and, and give it a couple of years and, and you'll be able to pretty much choose whoever you want to yeah. the premier league list yeah, it's a fair point because I think I think I joined FI after it was a, probably at least a couple of years old, so it was already fairly established with with quite a large base of players. So, so to, to start the season with uh, fifty or so is a different going to be a different experience, and yeah, quite an interesting one. Um, last point for me was, and it, I suppose it's a spe- very speculative question, but when when do you how do you see this evolving in terms of timelines with regards to the fact that there'll be around 50 players at the start of the season in terms of going into other markets, such as um, opening up for the Spanish league, etc. Now you mentioned Tony Cruz fondly earlier, and I was wondering what you think. Do you think that's a couple of seasons away before they start doing that? Or do you think they'll introduce something sooner? Um, I reckon if all goes well the first season, then they will look to open up a league one league in the second season. Um, it all depends how many IPOs I get through their guests. I mean, they, you, know, you want a decent pool of Premier League players on the platform before you then move into another territory. Um, yeah. And which, which territory they pick is, I don't know, but you know, with the company being um, based in Holland, there's there's probably a good chance that the Dutch league comes on sooner than people expect. Um, I'm not sure how popular AZ Alkmaar players will be right now. Um, <laughs> but on a more serious note, I, I think it's important, as Futures again alluded to a minute ago, that, that we walk before we run. Uh, and I think it's so, so important with a startup company that there's going to be bugs along the way uh, for Alex and his team to, to support. And I think it's really, really important that we get a solid season purely based on the Premier League players. If it all goes swimmingly, fantastic. Then maybe look to, to go to the Liga, maybe or Serie A or the Bundesliga. Um, but I wouldn't be too keen at this stage at opening up too soon. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Just think it's a, I think it's things you naturally start thinking about if you were an FI user before. And I think you're absolutely right that, that this is going to be about, I think the, the other chap said, slow and hopefully slow and steady growth over time and um, see see where it goes. I mean, yeah, if you if you IPO the first 11 from every team in the Premier League, that's 220 IPOs. Now, by the time we get to the start of the season, they'll have done 50 in a three-month, four-month period. So getting another 150 onto the platform throughout the course of the season seems very doable. So, yeah, by the end of the first season, you know, you could have the majority of the Premier League players sitting there on the platform. And then, you know, if everything's gone well from a business perspective, it would be time to move on to, you know, the next big European league. So, yeah, we'll just have to see how it plays out. What is important to avoid is a player that joins the Premier League this summer. Um, Let's just use his name because he's a famous player, Benzema. Let's just say Kareem Benzema joined Manchester United as their striker by in the summer. 
what you do want to avoid is a player scoring well and him not being available on the platform and you're getting new users joining saying, wait a minute, this player XYZ, he, he's scoring all the charts, why can't I buy him? And so the release schedule of the IPO, IPOs is really, really important and not an easy decision to make. So it'll be interesting to see uh, which players do join the platform before the season starts between now and August. Well, I think with the announcement tonight, you know, Alex saying we're going to do it in, in little batches on a weekly basis, I think that um, really benefits the fact that if a new player comes to the league, they can just go, right, let's slot Benzema in next week. You know, they, they'll, be able to, they'll be able to make those decisions and, and get him onto the platform fairly quickly if he is scoring well. Yeah, indeed. Uh, great question, though. Same. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, any other questions, Chris? Have you got anyone else uh, looking to come in? No, no one else has requested. Um, Where did Pedler go? He had his hand up a second ago. Yeah, he had his hand up and then he just disappeared. I was literally just about to to say, you know, Pedler, what's what's your question? But um, well, right. while we're waiting, Chris, what would you you do if you were in charge of the IPO schedule? How would you go about it? Would you have one high-level player, one medium, one low-level? Would you have one yeah. striker, one midfielder, one defender? How would you go about it? I'd try and do both in the sense I'd sit down, I'd work out the first 11 from every Premier League team. I'd then try and work out each week, if you're going to IPO five players, you want at least one striker, one midfielder, one defender, one goalkeeper coming onto the platform. And out of the, those four players... Um, you want a premium, you want a half decent, you want an average and you want one that's probably not going to get much interest. Because, um, you know, by the end of the first season, we do want the first 11s available to everyone. So even those those little players like Nathaniel Klein at Palace and, you know, all these players that aren't going to have much interest, you need to IPO them at some point. So I think it's important that you use your slots wisely and make sure that you're putting those crappy players onto the platform at the same time as the decent players. It's no good they just, you know, spend the next 100 IPOs releasing all the good players and then they've got none in reserve. So it's going to be a hard balancing act in the sense that, like you say, they also need to make sure the players that are scoring well get onto the platform. You know, you don't want to get halfway through the season and, you know, you've got Callum Wilson who's banging goals in, but he hasn't been IPO'd yet. So I'm sure they must have the data from last season and what kind of points people scored. Um, so, you know, the, 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 crappy, the crappy players who do score well, you know, they would be the ones that get IPO'd towards the beginning of the season. And then the crappy players who don't score well, you can just pop those IPOs in at the end of the season. So, yeah, it's, it's a massive balancing act. And, and, you know, I'd I'd just sit down and spreadsheet it all. You know, just, just do the first 11s, work out the points from last season, work out all their positions, give them all a grade, and then just sit there for each week and, you know, just have a bit of a schedule. You know, one that's flexible, it can change. You'll be able to move players around. And then, yeah, just, just roll with that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, I think one minor point I think I think is important to get the the big club players out. Um, speaking for myself as a small club supporter, uh, I think if if you want to attract as many users as possible, 
it's the fact the nature that you are going to have more Manchester United fans, more Liverpool fans, uh, more Arsenal fans join the platform before, let's say, a, a Leicester fan or, or a Nottingham Forest fan. So I think it's important that you always have one high-level club player as well to keep the interest going. Yeah, for sure. Anyone else? Anyone else want to chat? Just hit that button, request to speak. I wanted to quickly ask, what's all the different ways you can make money on the platform? Just for anyone that didn't know. Well, the first... Uh, direct... Sorry, Chris. The first 30 days you hold a player, um, you're going to get the in-play rewards. And then you've got team of the week rewards. You've got team of the month. And then team of the season is going to be interesting. That's going to be... That's going to be some juicy payouts if your players make team of the season. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how much in-play trading occurs with these in-play rewards. So, whilst that's happening, the shares are getting burnt. Burn, baby, burn. And it hung, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Which leads on to a question, to, not to criticise the platform, but... Obviously, for there to be winners, there has to be losers. Now, for the platform to work, not everyone can win, obviously, because because then that becomes unsustainable and un unrealistic. So I'm going to throw this out to everyone, not just Chris here. How do you think you keep the losers coming back, so to speak? And I don't mean that in a, a derogatory way, but if you take the Akers, for example, and I'm certainly guilty of this myself from time to time, I, I might put some money in, into 365 or to Skybet or the others, uh, knowing full well that, that I'm almost certainly going to lose. But the platform needs that uh, for, for people to come back in order for it to be ultimately sustainable. So what, what are people's views on that? Can I just come in on that? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, jump in. Thank you. I, I actually, it kind of it kind of comes to a question I was going to ask, actually. So just before I answer that one, um, my, my, my question I was going to ask was, with previous platforms, if you had a player who was very good and scored regularly and, and was, you know, winning dividends and then suddenly left, they could still earn money via their media presence. And, um, I mean... It, you know, Ronaldo, for example, you know, left the Premiership, didn't go to a league that was supported, but could still generate media presence through his, you know, his persona or his international career. Um, you also had the failsafe that people could go to, you know, a Spanish uh, club or an Italian club or a German club or whatever. Whereas obviously, uh, um, Stocks FC doesn't have that at the moment. So obviously, there's that higher risk. And that kind of brings me around to the, the question that was posed about, you know, how do you bring losers back? And it sounds a little bit brutal, but if you let me explain, I think it'd be to challenge them to be better. And what I mean by that is to say to people, you know, if you keep a close eye on it, if you do monitor it and analyse and plan what you're going to do, you can make money. And I think as long as they realise, because it's like the old adage, adage isn't it? Everybody thinks they're an above average driver. Everybody. Nobody says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm below average. Everybody thinks they're better. So people's opinion of their ability generally is, is, is inflated. And I think if losers do happen, people will see that and think, well, I can benefit from that and I can actually be a winner. So I think the challenge to people is be better, be closer to it, you know, monitor it more closely, read the papers, listen to the podcast, listen to the Twitter chat, listen to Sky Sports and whatever, and, and, and be better because there are people who might use this in a, in a um, so rare kind of way where they buy their players, they sit on them and they leave it. 
Well, as we know, the way this platform functions, that isn't going to work the way Football Index did. And look what happened to Football Index. And that's why we can't work like this. So, you know, I, I, I think the answer is to is to show people there is a way. And if you do work hard, you will make money. Yeah, I totally agree with that sentence that you said about challenge them, challenging them to be better in the sense that, you know, if you're buying an Everton player or Leeds, if you're buying someone from the Leeds squad, then, you, you know, you've got to be aware that there's a very good chance they go down and, you know, that player becomes a dead hold. And, you know, they are, they're your losers, basically. The people that end up holding shares in a a, a dead player, basically. So, um, yeah, like you say, you know, challenge them to be better and, and, and make wiser decisions. I mean, don't get me wrong, it could be a, a genius decision in Sin, you know, Gnonto or Sinistera, they they have a blinder of a game and pull some rewards in for you. And then at that point, you're like, well, I'm not too bothered that he's now a dead player because, you know, he won me X amount and I didn't actually lose out that much on him. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're the losers of the, the people that are going to be holding dead players. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I mean, I, you know, I fell into the, well, not fell into the trap because it worked. Um, as I say, because I was an early adopter of Football Index, I bought Messi for peanuts. Um, and when he went all the way up, I just sat back and just, you know, just pulled in the, the, the rewards. And then when there was the story he could retire, he could go to America, I didn't care because I'd had all the money back and more. So I just sat there and I'm just sitting there thinking and looking back, I should have thought there's something fundamentally wrong here. Because I'm sitting back earning all this money every single week and I'm doing absolutely nothing for it. And it does make you take a long, hard look at yourself and think, is it any surprise that that, that platform didn't survive? Because you could effectively buy a, a player for a couple of quid and just sit back and do absolutely nothing and let the money roll in. Whereas with um, Stocks FC, I think you genuinely have to be a better person. And if you are, and you really immerse yourself into it, I think you will make. But like you say, there has to be losers. And if you try to work this platform with a previous mentality of rock up, paying a thousand pounds, sit back and enjoy, you know, twenty percent returns every day, we know that's not going to be possible. Um, and I, I think you've hit upon a good point there in the fundamental differences between what we have here and what we've had before. Yeah, and the you know the other there's there's going to be other losers in the sense you know let's say a player wins a rewards some rewards one week and then everyone starts buying him but he never he never wins rewards ever again it's just a a one hit wonder sort of thing so yeah they're going to be losers as well in the sense that they've fomoed into a player just because he he miraculously won some rewards one weekend and then they're left holding yeah. holding shares in a player that's never going to win again. Yeah, I think I think uh, Ryan Cherky springs to mind at £6, doesn't he? <laughs> right. Okay, so it's 9pm. So let's, um, let's talk about the next IPO. So after I posted on Twitter the other day saying I was going to host this space, Alex messaged me and said um, he thought it'd be cool if I announced the next IPO live on air. So obviously I agreed. 
and a few hours ago he sent me the info so let me start by giving you a couple of clues he's 29 years old he plays for man city he's got a stupid little smiley face tattoo just below his ear and he's brazilian so if you haven't worked it out by now then we've got a goalkeeper coming onto the platform in the form of edison any thoughts on that guys Goalkeepers, FI, bad memories there, isn't there? <laughs> well, yeah, I remember that as well. <laughs> I, I'm thinking they might be quite good on Stocks FC. I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm sort of wondering how um, how valuable they're going to be, and it might be worth getting getting a few shares of them. Yeah, I mean, again, jokes aside, I think early days, especially in this first season, especially the first couple of months, we don't forget we're only going to have, have maybe 100, 150 max players. You only have a limited uh, pool of goalkeepers, and even though Edison hasn't done actually that well in terms of clean sheets, if you are an FBL player, uh, you'd be tearing your hair out the amount of silly goals he concedes. Um, but you're looking towards the Edisons, uh, towards the Allisons. David Reyes had a very good season for Brentford this year, uh, and so they could, yeah, in terms of return percentages, could be worth an awful lot more than they were on FI. That's for sure. If we're going to have 50 players by the start of the Premiership season, that means we're going to have roughly about two and a half goalkeepers. So uh, you've got to be with a shout, surely. Yeah, do goalkeepers win every week? I haven't actually looked at that. In the team of the week, they, they're going to win every week, aren't they? Yeah, obviously in one so, position, but yes, there will be one every week. Yeah, so basically, you know, two and a half goalkeepers to choose from. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he gets quite a lot of um, interest during his IPO because... There's not going to be a great deal of other keepers lurking for the next, you know, for the first few months of the season. So he's going to pick rewards up. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I think I think what is interesting. Sorry, if you just go. On. I think what is interesting at the moment with the IPOs, it's a complete reversal of the fastest fingers first method on FI, because you've got people at the moment, quite rightfully so, wait until the end of the IPO period. Um, so for example. Uh, Rashford is currently on a 72-hour release. A decent amount of sales. The last time I looked, uh, there, there was 8,000. Let me just check uh, refreshes himself now live on, as we speak. So 5,187 Rashford's uh, currently sold. He's got another 61 hours to go. Uh, and people are waiting until the end of that period to say, OK, how scarce is it going to be? And scarcity is, is an, uh, another massive, huge fa uh, factor in favour of Stocks FC compared to the, to the other platforms. And uh, they can't just mint another uh, 1,000 rashers, for example. So I think people are waiting until the end of the IPOs. And, and certainly with a goalkeeper, even more so with, with that one position. It'll be certainly really, really interesting to see how, how many sell in, in the last 20 minutes or so of Edison's IPO. That's actually a really, really good point, to be honest, because when it was the IPOs from on FI, literally any time that they would have dropped, you'd be waiting there to buy as much as you can, as quick as you can, and the price would change straight away. Yeah, totally different situation with this, and I like it. I, I hated the whole fastest finger first, and I really hope that doesn't come into this platform at any point. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there waiting as well, because you know, I hadn't planned to buy Rashford, but if his supply stays at a fairly low amount, then you know it will be worth picking some up. I think, Chris, you hate you hate it now looking back. 
but tell me you didn't enjoy the buzz when something got IPO'd or or even better when there was a deposit bonus. Those flickering screens were just awesome to watch, weren't they? No, I, I didn't. Every time I tried an IPO, I got burnt. I got left holding a player at a street. I just couldn't, I could never, you know, master it basically and I hate yeah. them. Yeah, really. Chris is one of those above average drivers you see futures. <laughs> <laughs> no, the deposit bonus. No, I, 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 there, there is actually someone somewhere who's got like a screen video of a deposit bonus day where the prices were just going absolutely ridiculous. I must admit, I remember yeah. I was actually in, um, I was best fan for a, um, my friend's wedding. And I remember sitting by the pool in Greece when there was a deposit bonus. And everyone was talking about this wedding and how great. And I was just literally watching my phone, just watching these prices go through the roof. I, I doubt that'll ever get repeated. And looking back, so you know, it wasn't brilliant. But um, at the time, goodness me, you couldn't inject it, could you? You were so happy that people thought you were the one getting married. Um, but you, you mentioned <laughs> no, that, that, that Ray and Cher- <laughs> You mentioned Ray and Turkey. And I, I think he was the prime example, wasn't he? he from, from memory, he, he was. Uh, uh, I appeared on Christmas Eve, and he was the big one. He was the big wonder kid, and he's, he's actually doing quite well in real life now, uh, Philil. But he, he was the one that you mentioned about the Christmas tree lights, and like you say, the pre-recorded video, uh, and the buzz of the lights. Uh, you, you've got to have a, a heart of stone not to get too excited and an adrenaline rush for that. But I, I think, as we've, if, uh, we've alluded to again, we've got to be careful that we don't go too much down that route, because that does make people greedy. And you can't help yourself. Even the most calm, cool person can't help themselves sometimes. Uh, and it's about keeping that slow, steady growth and, and hopefully making it a little bit along the way as we go. Yeah, I'm just looking at the rewards wallets. And, you know, the, the in-play wallet has got 10 Ethereum in which basically means two Ethereum per IPO roughly at the moment. So the first 30 days of the season, because obviously for anyone who doesn't know, when the season starts, they're going to reset all the in-play counters. So anyone you purchase between now and the start of the season, um, their in-play counter will get reset. So from the first day of the season, you've got 30 days to win in play rewards and yeah the wallet's already at 10 ethereum so that's two ethereum per ipo by the time we get to the start of the season you've got another 50 players on the platform so yeah that's that's 110 ethereum that's going to be sitting in that wallet yeah, that's going to be huge, isn't it, for the, for the first few weeks and months. And that is an interesting point. The 30-day window for what effectively IBDs in play dividends. It will be interesting to see how people go about that and what strategy they approach for that in regards to do they refresh it after the end of the 30 days? And bear in mind the share burn again. Uh, will that be a strategy, that a profitable strategy, or will they, will they buy and hold more? But what do you think traders will do there? I think, I think for the proven um, cash cows, you got to think to yourself if I if I flip, um, you know, Harry Kane for example, is he going to bring in more than one percent that I'm going to lose, um, you know, that in in Sherburn. So for someone like him, you know, a regular payer, yes, probably. Whereas some of your little slow burners um, who who you have picked up maybe cheaper and aren't necessarily featuring every time, you know, if you if you flip it every sort of you know, every month for, for four or five months, you're constantly losing, aren't you? And um, it may not be quite as a, um, quite, quite as beneficial. So I think it will probably depend on the player. 
Yeah, I agree. And one minor point for, for those beta users listening, don't forget for the first five IPOs, so that's Reese James, Gabriel Jesus, James Madison, uh, Gabriel Martinelli and Harry Kane. You do have that slight insurance that should they move leagues for whatever reason, let's say Harry Kane moves to Bayern Munich, that you will get refunded on that IPO price. So in Kane's case, uh, a, a price in Ethereum of 0.0078 or at the dollar time at the time of, of IPO release, he was $1.45. But that is just for the first five beta IPOs and not Marcus Rashford and the rest of them going forward. I think trading bear, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you would, if you bought, say, Harry Kane for 145 or whatever, and he's currently two, I think I'm right in saying if you're a holder and you bought him on the secondary market, you only get the original IPO price, don't you? I think that's important. The IPO price, yeah. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, so that's a good point, uh, Futures. Yeah, so let's say you're a secondary or you bought Kane off the transfer market and, and say you bought him for $1.85, you would only be refunded at $1.45 and not your purchase uh, uh, point there. Yeah, good point. Two quick Sorry. questions. Um, yeah, where done. do you find the scoring matrix and how long do you hold a player for? Is it forever or is it like FI three years or is there a time limit on it? There's no time limit. Once they're in your portfolio, they stay in your portfolio forever um, until you decide to sell them. And yeah, that's banging. Yeah, it's good. It's decent. That whole three-year bet stuff was, yeah, a load of rubbish. Um, and then... Um, Scoring matrix. Yeah, Scoring matrix on Discord. Yeah, or, yeah, it's on Discord. That's probably your easiest way to find it. Or it's in the white paper as well. If anyone hasn't read the white paper, it goes without saying, please do read that. And, and it's got all the information that Chris talked about earlier. Uh, you can find the link on my, my Twitter at TradingBear1 or indeed join the Discord and it's got all the information as well as a great community on there. What we're, um, what we're here, is it also worth just, you know, putting a thanks out to Alex and how engaging the internet, certainly on Discord, um, something that we're not, we, we haven't been... Um, yeah, he's been super to. I'm sure he probably listened to this and... Uh, I, for one, have reached out to him on a couple of issues and he's, he's been superb dealing with stuff. So uh, um, I don't know whether he's lurking under a different alias or whether he'll listen to it later, but certainly from my point of view, I think yeah, he's done a, a, a great job. Yeah, he did tell me to pass on that brown envelope to your futures. Um, but, but no, he, he, he did do it. He has uh, done a superb job and, and he's been really engaging and, and God knows how much sleep he's getting right now and how much he's got for the past two years because he has worked his backside off. And any time I've DM'd him with a question or, or anyone else in the general, he replies usually within the first hour or so. So, yeah, he's put in a shed load of work and deserves an enormous amount of credit for whatever happens from here on onwards. Okay, so I noticed Ben's posted a question saying, um, surely the variation of ETH prices will also affect people's buying and selling strategies? Um, yes and no. I think in the sense that people who are depositing to buy, it will affect their strategy because obviously if ETH has dropped and they're getting ETH at a cheap price, then... Yeah, they'll be coming into the platform thinking, yeah, you know, I can get, I can get a half decent amount of this player. Um, whereas people who aren't depositing and are spending rewards money, then I think they'd be a lot more cautious in the sense that, you know, I've got X amount of rewards here. Let's not go blowing it all in one go, sort of thing. 
that is very important to touch upon. I mean, you could be the best trader in the world on Stocks FC, but if ETH goes down the pan, and it could, let's be honest, there's no assurances here, then all that hard work's wasted. So, and that was one of my initial um, concerns, and it still remains a concern that you are you have got double risk here compared to FI, for example, where where it's largely based on your trading ability you do have that double assessment risk to make. So just be wary of that. Uh, if you are new to crypto or you're not sure how it works, do 100% make sure that you are gambling in inverted commas or in real commas on the price of ETH, staying relatively uh, stable or hopefully uh, increasing over time. Yeah, I agree. And actually, I think um, the launch of the platform has happened at a very good time in the sense that the whole crypto market's, you know, down in the dumps at the moment. So ETH being around £1,500 a coin, you know, in 12, 24 months' time when we're at the height of the next bull run, you know, you could easily see ETH at four and a half, five grand a coin. Um, And when that's the case and you've spent the last 12 months you know, trading, winning rewards, and your stash of ETH has just been growing and growing and growing. By the time we get to that point where Ethereum's at an, at an all-time high price, you'll be able to take a very small percentage of your Ethereum stash and literally get back all the money that you've put in because the price of Ethereum's gone up so much. Um, so that's, yeah, that's why it's crucial that you do time your cash outs to coincide with the crypto market. Yeah, I'm just about to post a chart. Again, if you're not familiar with Ethereum or, or not too much, it's uh, all-time high reached the peak of November 2021. So a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago, and it reached just over $4,500, that's US dollars. And in dollars term, it's currently just uh, just over 1900 So under half of its all-time high from the last bull run. Um, so yeah, it's something to keep an eye on, and I'll post that chart for anyone that's, that's interested on my Twitter now. Yeah, so you know, you think if you you enter the platform with one Ethereum, you spend the next twelve months trading, winning in-play rewards, and you get yourself up to two Ethereum, and then we're at the height of the bull run, and Ethereum is then worth five k a coin, and you've put one Ethereum in that cost you one thousand five hundred quid. You know, you, you're going to be able to cash out, what is it, one third of your stash and you'll get your 1,500 quid back and then you're left with, you know, 1.3 Ethereum, 1.4 Ethereum, something like that. So, yeah, yeah, the price of the price of Ethereum is going to be crucial for when you do cash back, cash back out to Fiat. And um, it's going to be hard for people who aren't into crypto, you know, they're going to have to make that adjustment and pay close attention to the market but you know crypto works in cycles so it will be pretty obvious when we're in a a booming bull run period and at that point it should trigger people to think right you know let's take a bit of money out and de-risk right anyone else out there that wants to come up and chat any other questions One probably one more last question. Um, I noticed they they added the bank card transfer now. So is it basically just like say if you did have Ethereum, it's the same as if you're depositing with your bank card. You just deposit with your bank card and then you have Ethereum on the platform. Yeah. So 
you know, you just use your bank card to deposit. They do the conversion for you. Um, I haven't actually tested that method myself, so I'm not too sure on the fees. And I was, I was planning to compare it against going in through the crypto world and doing the transaction and going in through your bank card just to get a comparison of the fees. Um, yeah. But I haven't done that yet. I haven't done that way even personally myself, but I know others have, Bally, and they've spoken around about a 3% fee, total fee. So if you put £1,000 in, they expect to have fees around about £30 doing it that way. I think it's been a, a good little session. I was a bit disappointed. I thought FI Bav was going to be around. He'd been chatting a lot on... Um, on Twitter regarding stocks. So I was hoping he was going to be here to chat to, but we've not sort of had anyone from the, you know, it's going to fail group coming up and yeah, just having a chat about it, which is kind of why I did this space. But anyway, I think it's been a success. I hope you've all, um, you know, I hope you've all gained some knowledge or you've gained something from it and, I think I'll look to do another one probably in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no. Problem. Yeah, it's been been really useful, Chris. Thank, thank, thank you very much um, for all your information. As Future said, it's fantastic that uh, all, all the deep detail you've gone into, uh, especially for those coming from a non-crypto background. Uh, and please do remember to, to listen back to this and share this if you have missed any points or you want to go back to, and, and listen to a point again. This has been recorded, uh, so you can uh, listen to that. And myself and Chris will put the links to that. Uh, thank you very, very much, everyone else, for, for the questions. So Futures, Bally, Saints, and the others for contribution is because that's what makes the platform work the community uh, and without these questions without people challenging opinions as well from, from a constructive point of view it, it doesn't work uh, and the more you can educate yourself the better so thank you very much everyone for your time tonight yeah cracking work fellas well done cool um one last question from ben he asked um is there a price for edison and the answer is no um alex alex didn't even give me a time he'll be starting he just said um after the Rashford IPO Sunday or Monday, I think. So, yeah, no price for Edison. Um, I guess he's got to wait for the algorithm thing to do its business after Rashford finishes. So, thank you very much for coming on and co-hosting and Futures and all the other people that spoke. Thanks for your time and your input. And that's a wrap, guys. I'll probably do another in a couple of weeks. You know, once we've had a few more IPOs, I'll get another space arranged and just give people the platform to come up and talk. So happy days, enjoy your weekend, and I'll catch you in the Discord.